Amen. We're going to talk about the revelation gifts a little bit tonight. And uh, the revelation gifts are those gifts that reveal something. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. And I want to read a quote by Dr. Kenneth E. Hagin concerning the revelation gifts. He says, the revelation gifts include everything within the realm of knowing, facts, events, purpose, motive, origin, destiny, human, divine, devilish, natural or supernatural, past, present or future, comes within the focal range of one or more of these revelation manifestations of the Spirit. Do we need these today? Are we expecting them, coveting them, and desiring them? Yes, we are. They include in their comprehensive survey all that God knows. And there is nothing that God knows that may not be made known unto man. Now notice, as the Spirit wills. By one or more of the manifestations of the Spirit. Now, we're going to start tonight by talking about the word of knowledge. And biblically, let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 so we can look at this from the word. And we won't get through all of our notes tonight, but we're not, amen, concerned about that. We just want the will and the plan of God to be done. I tell you what, I was refreshed during praise and worship. How about you? That's the way to do it. That's the way to come in one accord and expecting him to show up as we glorify the Lord. You cannot pay money for what we experience in this place. I love his place. Amen. There was a Burger King ad years ago, but his place is not BK. His place is JC. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Okay, so to rehearse these again, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says in verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit, we could say the manifestation of the glory, is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Then he goes on to list the other manifestation. In verse 11, but all of these works that one and the selfsame spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. And so we understand and we've looked at the fact that God is willing. And we are willing because we're hungry for him. Now understand this. This is not the gift of knowledge. This is the word of knowledge. And the word of knowledge simply defined as this. It is the supernatural revelation by the Holy Ghost of certain facts that are in the mind of God. Certain facts that are in the mind of God. Now, we know that God is omniscient means that God is all-knowing. He knows everything. But he does not reveal Everything that he knows to man. Thank God. But there are times that he imparts or manifests or gives men and women a word of knowledge concerning something that he knows. 
Now, a word, when we look at the word word, a word is a fragmentary part of a sentence. So a word of knowledge would simply be the fragmentary part of the entire knowledge of the counsel or the counsel of God. He has all knowledge. He does not impart all knowledge to us. But He will reveal to us. He will show to us. He will disclose to us the things that we need to know when we need to know them. And so we do not say kelemas. We do not want to dismiss this just to the office of the prophet. Or just to the office of the pastor. Or just to the office of those who stand behind the pulpit. For all the gifts are supernatural. And you are all supernatural beings created in His image and in His likeness. So expect to enter into the supernatural flow. And God will cause you to know what you need to know. For it is the day and it is the hour for the spirit of seeing and the spirit of knowing to come strongly and mightily upon His people. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Say it with me. The spirit of seeing... And the spirit of knowing is welcome in my life. So this is not a gift of knowledge. This is the word of knowledge. And then secondly, the word of knowledge is not natural knowledge. Thank the Lord for natural knowledge that we can attain through education, by reading books and things like that. But when we're talking about the word of knowledge, we're talking about supernatural, not natural. And then thirdly, the word of knowledge is not a profound knowledge of the Bible. And I believe that we should be sharp when it comes to knowledge concerning Him. Paul prayed that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. That I may become more deeply acquainted with the wonders of His person. You get to know Him through the pages in the B-I-B-L-E. You get to know Him by being filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit revealing Christ and unveiling through revelation knowledge the Word of the living God to you. And so thank God for biblical knowledge. Thank God for knowing how to contextualize and all those things in the Word of God. See, the Bible says to study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I think we all ought to become scriptorians. I mean, we all ought to have the word of God in our hearts so strong, glory to God, that when life and pressure pushes us, all that comes out is the word of God. Amen. But again, the word of knowledge is not natural knowledge, nor is it profound knowledge of the word of God. And also... The word of knowledge is not knowledge, is not the knowledge of God that comes through close communion with Him. You know, you can get to know Him better. And thank God for close communion with Him. And sometimes as you end the bloca Sunday, and you know la prafaye, teshula prandende. Sometimes as you enter into the presence of God, you'll know things you've never known before. And as you commune with Him in His presence, there'll be a fullness, a fullness of the knowledge of God in His Word and the wonders of His person. And at times, He will reveal even a word of knowledge to you, things that'll just come freely by the Spirit of the living God. Amen. Glory to God. 
Are you open to it? I'm open to him. How about you? Glory, 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 glory. Now let's look at some examples. Turn me quickly to Revelation chapter 1. How many of you know that we did a verse-by-verse study of the book of 1 John? And what they did with John is they put him over on an island, tried to boil him in oil. It couldn't kill him. So they sent him over to the Isle of Patmos. And on the Isle of Patmos, what happens? Glory to God. He has visions. He has dreams. He has things that the Holy Spirit is imparting to him through the word of knowledge concerning certain facts in the mind of God concerning the seven churches, amen, that he wrote to. He unveiled that to him. He revealed it to him. And in Revelation chapter 1 verse 10, let's begin there. Revelation 1 verse 10. And I was in the Spirit. Man, it's good to be in the Spirit. I've been in the Spirit. I've been out of the Spirit. And it's much better to be in the Spirit. Amen. On the Lord's day. And heard behind me a great voice of a trumpet. And God said, I'm Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What you see, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and all these other churches. So he got a word of knowledge specifically for each church. And this came by a vision. And so the word of knowledge can come by a vision. But we don't want to limit the word of knowledge to a vision. You can have an inward perception, an inward knowing like Jesus did at the well of at the well when he read that lady's mail about her having five husbands. That came by a word of knowledge, but it came just by an inward knowing, amen, on the inside of him. So I just wanted you to to see this, that this can come by a vision. Now look at Acts chapter 9, and we're just going to highlight some of these tonight. Acts the ninth chapter, we'll see something else here. The word of knowledge is given to a lay person. His name was Ananias. And in Acts chapter 9, and uh, we see here that in verse 10, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus. It's important to see that he wasn't an apostle. He wasn't a prophet. He was a disciple. Let me ask you something. Are you a disciple? That means a disciplined follower of the Lord? Then you're in position. At Damascus, named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, again a vision. Here the word of knowledge comes to a layman through a vision. And then in verse 11 and verse 12, he said, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and in the house, and inquire, and in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, For behold, he prayeth. How in the world could Ananias know this naturally? There's no way. He didn't even know Saul of Tarsus. He may not even know there was a street called Straight. He says, but I want you to go because he's praying. And has seen, verse 12, in a vision. Saul also had a vision. A man named Ananias coming in. 
and he put his hand on him that he might receive his sight. How many of you know God knows where people are? I said, God knows right where people are. And I believe that this word of knowledge ought to be operating in our lives outside of these walls. Hallelujah. So in the vision, the Lord told Ananias what to do. He said, go to the street and pray for the man. There is no way that he could have known this apart from a word of knowledge. Then look at Acts chapter 10 and let's look at verse 9. And here's another key now to tapping in or positioning yourself for the Lord to speak to you. Either in a word of knowledge or just by an inward witness. Here's another key. It's found in verse 9. It says, Peter went up onto the housetop. And what did he do there? He prayed. He wasn't playing tiddlywinks. Peter was a prayer. He was a person that spent time in the presence of the Lord. The, great, the greatest things that you will see happen in your lives, spiritually speaking, will come as a result of much time spent in prayer. So stop stewing and stop fretting and stop reasoning and start praying. For it is in that time of prayer that you will see things that you've not seen heretofore. Amen. Amen. It is in that time of prayer that you'll know things that you have not known before. And when you live in communion with God and in fellowship with Him, you won't even have to seek after these things. They'll just start flowing. I believe that we can get so developed, if you will, spiritually, that the gifts of the Spirit flow through us, so to speak, in a way that we aren't even really aware of it. They were not saying, thus saith the Lord in Elizabethan English. Maybe we're just sitting around having coffee together or having a pizza or something. And on the inside of you, you get an unction and a word of encouragement or a word from heaven comes to your friend or to your relative. And you may not even realize that it was a word of knowledge, but they'll let you know that was something supernatural by the power of God. And when God starts using you in some of these gifts, and people start saying now, wow, you know, how did you do that? Don't get puffed up and proud. Don't say, well, you know, I burned the midnight oil. And I spend six hours of prayer every morning before breakfast. But no, give the glory to God. And say, the Lord gave me that. Because the gifts of the Spirit are given. So anyway, he's praying. It's about the sixth hour, about noon. And he got hungry. Oh yeah. And he would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. Had no idea that that was going to happen. He was getting ready to go eat. And all of a sudden, he just falls into a trance. And what did he see? He saw heaven opened up. And he saw a vessel descending unto him. As it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein all manner of forfeited beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and falls of the air. And there came a voice to him saying, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter was a Jew. Peter didn't eat unclean things. 
And Peter said to the Lord, no, I, I can't do that, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. He was kosher. And the voice spake unto him again the second time and said this, What I have cleansed, don't call thou common. And this was done three times. You see, Peter needed to be convinced, evidently. He was received up into heaven. And then while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, Behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry of for Simon's house and stood before the gate. He had no idea that Gentiles were coming to his house. Gentiles and Jews didn't mix in those days for the most part. But the Lord gave him a heads up. He gave him a vision. He gave him right here a word of knowledge... And the Bible said, and called, and they stood before the gate, and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, was lodged there. And while Peter thought on the vision, now notice, the Spirit said, say it with me, the Spirit said. The Spirit said, the Spirit said unto him, behold, three men seek thee. So Peter received a supernatural revelation a word of knowledge. And I'm telling you what happened is Cornelius' whole household got baptized with the Holy Spirit. There's always a purpose behind the word of knowledge. There's always, if you will, a rhyme to the reason. There is something going on. God is wanting to do a work in his people. But notice with me, he had to get Peter ready. So he's working on both sides. He's working on both ends. He's revealing things to Cornelius, but he's also revealing things to Peter. And God wanted to divinely hook them up and set them up. Amen. And he did. And his whole family got filled with the Spirit. Now the manifestation of the Spirit isn't just for the early church. It's for today. You know, there was a time where there was a Years ago, there was a full gospel businessman guy that, that uh, was head over a major full gospel businessman chapter. And that was a group that was very popular in the 80s and the 90s and the 60s and the 70s, where men just came by the hundreds and the thousands to be saved and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I gave my testimony many times at many full gospel businessmen chapter meetings in my earlier years of ministry. That's an on fire bunch of guys. Oh, man, they were on fire. And miracles were happening all over the place. You know why? Because those guys just simply believed God. They believed God was simple childlike faith. They came out of the Methodists. They came out of the Presbyterians. They came out of the Catholic Church. It didn't matter what label they had. They knew that they had an encounter with Jesus Christ and that he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And they just believed the word and they acted on it. And you know what? We ought to do the same thing today. Well, anyway, this guy was, uh, he was just driving down the street and all of a sudden he just felt compelled. He felt in his heart to just pull over into this Catholic church parking lot. And someone, something on the inside began to, to tell him that the priest would be praying in his office in the rectory. 
And that he should go in. Now listen to this. Didn't know this priest from Adam. That he should go in there, lay hands on him, and the priest would be filled with the Holy Ghost and talk in tongues. Now my dear brothers and sisters, that's a miracle. And this was a Baptist brother. And he's, you know, he's doing what you would be doing in the car reasoning. You know, the devil tries to talk you out of things. But, you know, he said, finally, I found my way in and knocked on the door and study. And someone invited me to come in. I opened the door. He said, I saw a man sitting in a chair in front of a desk with some books open in front of him. And he said, as I entered, the Catholic priest got up and greeted me, and we introduced ourselves. And the brother said, when the priest heard that I was the president of the full gospel businessmen's chapter, he immediately said, praise the Lord. He says, you know something? I was just reading in the Bible what God is doing in these days, and that he's still moving by his spirit. And he said, I just happened to be reading about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking with tongues. And the Lord witnessed in my spirit, that's what you need. And the priest said to the Baptist, I am so conscious of my own spiritual lack. Only 10 minutes ago, he said, I bowed my knee on my desk and said, Lord, I don't know any full gospel people. I don't know anyone in this town. That has had this experience. Send somebody Lord to pray with me. And he says here you are. Woo! Glory to God. What if he just kept driving. And decided to go to McDonald's instead. We've got to be yielded vessels unto the Lord. Well you know what happened. That Baptist brother. Laid hands on that Catholic priest. The Catholic priest immediately got filled with the Holy Ghost and started speaking in other tongues. Ah, glory to God. But you see, certain facts in the mind of God were revealed. It was a manifestation. Sometimes it seems like it just comes out of nowhere. But it comes from the Spirit of God on the inside into your spirit. Let's look quickly. At the word of knowledge and how it was manifested in the Old Testament. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 9. Do you know that the word of knowledge can be used to and can be uh, in manifestation to help a person recover lost property? I don't know how many times I said, Lord, now where did I put those? That's the Lord helping you. Or it just seemed like some, someone just dropped in your spirit and, and you were to pray for them. And later on that day, you connected with them and saw them and you hadn't seen them for a long time. That's the Lord working in your life. Pay attention to the God who lives on the inside. First Samuel chapter 9. You know, Saul was out looking for his donkeys, his dad's donkeys. Is God concerned about your donkeys? You bet he is. They either, you know, got away or they were stolen and... And he said, well, why don't you, why don't you ask Samuel? He, he'll know where they're at. Verse, chapter 9, verse 3. 
And uh, let's look at that. Chapter 9, verse 3. The asses of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to Saul, his son, Take now one of the servants with thee, and arise, and go seek them. Let's look at verse 5 and 6 now. And when they were come to the land of Zup, Saul said unto the servant that was with him, Come, let us return, lest my father leave, caring for the asses, and take thought for us. Verse 6. And he said, Behold now, there is in the city a man of God, and he is an honorable man. All that he says comes surely to pass. Now let's go thither, peradventure. He can show us our way that we go. Now let's drop to verse 15 and verse 16. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came, saying, a day before, Tomorrow about this time, I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people, because their cry is come unto me. Now let's look at verse 19 and 20. And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me into the high place, for you shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let thee go and will tell thee all that is in thy heart. God's working. Verse 20. And as for thine asses that were lost three days ago. How did he know that? He knew it by a word of knowledge. He says, set not thy mind on them. Don't worry about it. It's all good. For they are found... And whom is all the desire of Israel is it not on thee and in all thy father's house. Friends, you lose something, ask God. Do you suppose he knows where it is? Hallelujah. And then how many of you remember a guy by the name? And let's look at 2 Kings chapter 5 and look at verses 21 through 24. Naaman was a Syrian, was he not? And he came down to be healed of his leprosy. And the prophet, I believe it was Elisha, didn't come down to the water on his own to heal Naaman. He said, tell him to dip how many times? times. And what river was it? The Jordan River. The Jordan River was a dirty river compared to where Naaman, Naaman came from. And he got real proud and real haughty about it. He said, well, I'll tell you what, if he's not going to come down here and, you know, I thought he'd come down here and lay his hand on me in some great big pomp and circumstance. And he peeled off in his chariot. He burned chariot rubber. And then one of his servants, I believe that she was an Israelite, said, now look, if he told you something hard to do, you'd do it. All he wants you to do is go dip in the Jordan River seven times. So he went down into the river, dipped seven times. And you know what? He came up white as snow. Don't you know he was glad? And Naaman was a very rich man, and he was more than willing to give Elisha plenty of money. Elisha refused. You know, you never charge for the workings of God. Never charge for the workings of God, because it doesn't originate from you. It originates from God. All you are and all I am are vessels of honor. And it's a dishonorable thing to charge, amen, for the services of God. Now notice, now he had this guy named Gehazi, and he was a little entrepreneurial. And he seized the opportunity, 
he thought, well, I can get some shekels here. I can get some money from this Naaman, and I'm going to go after him. Oh, the man Gehazi could have been. Oh, the man that a lot of people could have been if they didn't let money eat their lunch. Oh, the men and the women in the body of Christ that could have been if they would have stayed away from the gold, the guys or the gals in the glory. Understand this, Gehazi was next in line. Just as sure as Elisha was next in line under Elijah, Gehazi was next in line. But Gehazi blew it. Look with me. As 2 Kings 5, that's just a side thought. Gehazi followed after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? He said, Yeah, everything's good. But my master sent me, saying, Behold, even now there be come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. And Naaman said, Be content, take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver into his bags with two changes of garments and laid upon him two of his servants and they bear it before him. And verse 24. And when he came to the tower, he took them from their hand and bestowed them in the house and he let the men go and they departed. See, Naaman was so thrilled he would have done anything. But then Elisha comes across Gehazi. Not a good day for Gehazi. And he said, now Gehazi, where you been, bro? (laughs) Gehazi said to the man of God, look, your servant went nowhere. And notice with me in verse 26. Went not my heart with you when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee. Is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olivyards? And vineyards, and sheep, and oxen. And whatever happened to Gehazi, does anybody know? The thing that was on Naaman came on him. He blew it. And you know why he blew it? Because he was selfish and he was a liar. He lied. One of the most grievous things to the Holy Spirit is lying. Lying. You know why it's so grievous to him? Because it comes straight from the pit of hell. The Bible says that the devil himself is the father of lies. He is the author of deception. Is that not right? And so we see something happen. He reaped what he sowed. How about Ananias? And Sapphire. Walking into church. I mean, they're having a Holy Ghost meeting. The presence of God is there. Whoo, glory to God. God's in the house. Ananias walks in. Says, yeah, this is everything. We just sold. This is all of it. And he fell over dead. Why? Because he lied to the Holy Ghost. It would have been just fine for him to keep a part back for he and his wife. But he should have never lied about it. And they dragged the man of God out, or whatever he was. Then Sapphire comes in from Neiman Marcus. Right? 
She comes in all decked out. She lied too. The apostle pointed a finger at her and said, look, the feet of him that just drug your husband out a few hours ago is at the door. She fell over dead. It's a serious thing to yield to lying. Let's talk about lying for a minute. It's not good for husbands to lie to their wives. It isn't good for wives to lie to their husbands. It's not a good thing to hide things from one another. Amen? And here's the deal about lying, is once a person lies, it becomes easier to lie the second time. And what can happen to a person's life is if they're yielding to lying all the time, it becomes second nature to them. And their heart, their spirit, if you will, gets calloused or becomes hardened. And each time they lie, it gets easier and easier and easier. And here's the thing about lying is you may not get found out the moment you lie. You may not reap the consequences when you lie. But judgment day is coming. Because eventually it will be revealed. Amen? So, word to the wise. If you've lied, repent. (laughs) Call out for the mercy of God. I cannot stand liars. I love people, but I despise lying. Now, let's close this up. Let's put the late night bear away. 2 Kings chapter 6. A word of knowledge came to Elisha regarding Syria. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8 to 12. Oh, man. We got God on our side. I said, we got God on our side. He's bigger than these palm readers. He's bigger than these tarot card wimps. He's bigger than Madame Zulu. Knows nothing, tells nothing. He's bigger than any spiritist. He's greater than all that stuff. A couple of preachers came into one meeting one time where there, some spiritist was operating under familiar spirits. And they began to bind it in the name of Jesus. And they began to plead the blood of Jesus over that. And the spiritist looked at him from the platform and said, Would you two please leave? I can't get this working while you're here. <laughs> you know, they were talking to the dead and all that junk. That's just a bunch of stupid devils. And I'll tell you something else. They're low-level devils. Amen. And they wouldn't leave. You know what the guy had to do? He had to shut his meeting down. Why? Because he couldn't get the familiar spirit operating when the greater one was in the house. Woo-hoo! Glory to God. Hallelujah! Could have been hundreds of people there, but two Holy Ghost filled, Bible believing, Bible thumping, using the name of Jesus, pleading the blood of Jesus, held that spirit bound. And you know what? You and I can do the same thing. Hey, something starts moving around in your house, just laugh at the devil. Don't be moved by that stuff. 
You're living with somebody that's got a wrong spirit. You know, they might be inviting them in. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You don't have to be moved by black magic, white magic, white witches, black witches, any kind of witches. Are you listening to me? We don't believe in Black Friday and black cats and, you know, tiptoeing around in life. No, we don't whistle in the dark. We shout in the dark. We're the light of this world. Lester Sumrall, I don't know where he was. He might have been on the mission field. But uh, he was in bed one night. And I think it was either a chair or another bed in the room began to move and went to the other side of the room. He just looked over and said, put it back. (laughs) Went right back. (laughs) Glory to God. You don't have to be afraid of any of that junk. Don't yield to fear. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. If you're living with an old beer-guzzling, porno-watching husband, you bind that spirit. You take your authority as a child of God, as a woman of God, or as a man of God, and say, Not in this house, devil! Clear out! All right, 2 Kings 6. Can I just get a little rambunctious tonight? Second Kings 6, 8-12. to Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent up unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God had told him and warned him of, and saved himself there not once or twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was really upset for this that happened. And he called his servant and said unto him, Which one of you is a rat? Which one of you are for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, Lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is Israel. He tells the king of Israel the words that you're speaking in your bedchamber. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, the prophet could not have known that. With natural knowledge. And so how many of you here tonight would say, I'm open. I'm open to the word of knowledge. I'm open to God showing me some things. That's long enough. Let's stand up and pray about it just for a few moments. Come on, let's stir ourselves up. Thank you, Lord. Mele ondre gidibu kande le voshela maha. Ni solo mongle te. Hallelujah. God will give you news before the news. God will show you things before the mahe he he. Hindolo bosanda. Ishto bramate lingolo. Haha. Ni shela mongle. Desikinendo le braparie le mondo le maye. Yes, for ministering angels have been sent forth to minister on your behalf. So the Lord is just stay open, 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 open. Open your heart. Open your eyes. Be watchful and be aware. Hallelujah. And you shall be able to avert the attacks of the enemy. Hallelujah. Ahead of time. Woo, glory. They use the terminology in Westerns, head them off at the pass. Head them off at the pass. Well, I say stop the terrorists before they even get on the jet. Stop the bomb before it ever gets here. 
Hallelujah. No evil shall befall us. Neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lord can show you things. He can show you to drive a different way home. Save you 45 minutes. He can show you how to avert accidents. Moms and dads, he can show you things about your kids. He can and he will. You can know when they're not telling you the truth. You can know it in your heart. Well, how'd you know that? Went not my heart with you. Glory to God. Now, how many, let me just ask right now, how many have ever had a word of knowledge operating in your life before? Look at that. Look at all those hands there. Hallelujah. How many of you are open for more? Hallelujah. We receive, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Basto Rabande. Vatele kishta la pande le kosepinende. Nengile talamolotilieshe. Thank you, Lord. Oh, so be it. So be it. So be it. So be it. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody here want to be saved? Want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior?